sunshines! Welcome to What You're Reading, a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer own voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine Around the Interwebs, and today I'm joined by my ancient YouTube friend, Jerry Cook. I say ancient because we are both ancient, but also because we've known each other from the internet for a very long time. Today we chat a little bit about Jerry's relationship with books, how he's always loved reading, and how he makes time to read now that he has a toddler running around the house. Jerry, it's so wonderful to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. It is an absolute pleasure. I can't believe we made this happen. Can you? No, it's been been way too long, especially, yeah, especially in quarantine. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know. And uh, so long since we've spoken, which is amazing. I mean, you can say more about how we met if you want, but we vaguely ran in like adjacent YouTube circles back in the early days, like... 2008 2009 and onward yeah um, I, I think that's, that's kind of how we know of each other yeah and you said you've been friends on Facebook that whole time and I didn't even realize that so I was trying to work out how this happened so I was I was I was, I was, I was researching <laughs> the origin this. story yeah yeah so so we've been friends on Facebook since 2008 which which tracks I made <laughs> yes I made my first YouTube video in 2006 and you started your channel in 2008 so it's definitely something there Yep. I don't know if it was my one awesome fanboy channel, which starts in 2008. Like, Ooh, that, yep, forgot maybe. that existed. Yeah. Possibly. So I do think that part of it could have just been, um, you know, the vague, I mean, we were talking about the mystery channel a little bit before the calls, I think could be just that vague connection to other UK YouTubers that I had. Yeah, and then some of the same ones from the Harry Potter world that you were connected to, like Kaylee and Christina, I knew because they were Mm. here in my state even. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time, and we've never met. No, (laughs) in person. (laughs) I've I've only been to the states once for that one protracted six month, uh, six month, God, six week period after uh, (laughs) after college. And you you ever actually been been there? Yeah, exactly. So never. It's happening, it's yeah. going to happen. As soon as we're allowed to travel, I'm making plans. Good. And you're going to be a stop. Guarantee thank, it. Thank you. People rarely stop in Bath. I want to go every. Oh, well, that's my problem is I just want to go everywhere. Yeah. And that is like the world included. Um, and I have gone nowhere. So got a lot of lives to live. <laughs> and let's get going, man. Yeah. But that's a topic for another day. But <laughs> anyway, we've never met. We've known each other uh peripherally and vaguely and in communication for you know off and on for many years and now you're my podcast my little bitty bookish podcast because uh it turns out you're a big lover of books and uh, I mean I knew this about you but it just here we are I was like I think I accosted you in Instagram I was like Jerry be on my podcast and you said <laughs> yes like a fool so <laughs> that's why we're here now ding <laughs> i i feel um, i feel like uh, i mean i instigated the conversation so i fell into a trap i feel more more than that you know, yeah yep, yeah you did you opened the door <laughs> and i stuck my foot right in <laughs> um okay so books i have a lot of different angles i want to take this conversation with you about books uh i want to talk about like 
just your relationship with books. And then I think there's, I mean, before we were talking about like, what could be the unique, the unique angle, which we take with you. And I think reading with a small child in your life is something that you're uniquely positioned to speak about. So if you're all right, having that conversation, I think that would be really interesting. Um, but to start before we dive in your relationship with books, um, mm-hmm. like, can you tell me a little bit about like what your reading habits are? How, how, how have you been in a relationship with books in your life? <laughs> so my, <Over> time. <laughs> so my mom was a big reader and, and she did me big favors when it came to introducing me to, to literature. Um, so when I was the, the first book purchase I can remember that was significant in my life was introducing me to fantasy in the form of the uh, Chronicles of Narnia when she worked. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she worked for the fire service, I think at the time, and they had like a bookmobile that would come around and she bought me a box set of, uh, of all the Narnia books when I was, I don't know, it must've been 10. Wow. Yeah. And so that was, that was my introduction into the fantasy genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very different than all the stuff you read in school. Which is typically, like, we had this series of books called like Biff and the Magic Key and things like that when you were when you were a kid. Oh, in the I UK. really knew Biff. I yeah. Know how I did, but yeah, yeah. Which were all very, very kind of set in the home, set in the airport, set. And then okay. when you get a, get books which take you to like a fantasy world instead, it's it blows your mind. I think as a kid. Um, and then I remember, I remember her reading me the Hobbit when I was quite small. Um, but then the thing that really opened my mind to like pleasure reading was, I think I may be in like 13 or 14. She gave me so long and thanks for all the fish, which is the third Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. Yeah. How old are you, you said? I think maybe 13 or 14. Okay. Yeah. And then... From that point, I went back and read the original Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books and yeah. fell in love. I, I love everything that Dr. Adams has ever done. He is one of the great, great greatest sci-fi and comedy minds of a generation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my big, that was my gateway drug. That that got me reading. Into reading for pleasure. Yeah. And then and then Harry Potter was my was my my real thing. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, which was which was a weird journey because I remember being in a bookshop and being offered the first Harry Potter book when it was released in the UK. And I don't know if you've ever seen the UK cover of um, Philosopher's Stone, but it's just it's Harry Potter standing in front of a train, okay. and it doesn't it doesn't tell you much about the book. Yeah. And so I looked at yeah. it and I was just like, this is a book about a guy in a train, which is, you know, which, which is the worst kind of judging a book by its cover, but <laughs> I did. So I, so I didn't. But we all did, yeah, if we're being absolutely. honest with ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. So I didn't read um, the Harry Potter series until the third book came out when my mom's boyfriend's daughter had it for school and I borrowed it okay. and read it and was like, uh-huh. wow. And then went out to the shops and got the first two. But after that, I was I was the proper like subscribe at my local bookstore to get it the day it comes out, guy. Wow! Yeah, yeah. For all the other for all the, uh, the subsequent ones, right up until Deathly Hallows was amazing because I was writing for for MuggleNet, the Harry Potter fan site at the time, and we had a midnight 
um, midnight launch at Waterstones in London for Deathly Hallows with um, like people dressed up as Hagrid and Snake and owls and and stuff. And oh, I love that. Yeah, and that same night, Nerds are so great. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And We're I, so fun. <laughs> and that same night, I had I had won a ticket to go to the Natural History Museum where J.K. Rowling was giving out right. copies. Yeah, I went to the midnight signing event. Oh my gosh! Though it wasn't midnight signing; it was about two a.m. signing because it was a thousand people spread over time slots. But yeah. I remember, so I, I went to this midnight release party. I got this free copy from Waterstones, and then I went to the Natural History Museum for two a.m. and got a free copy signed by J.K. Rowling, <laughs> and then read it on the way on the train back to to Cornwall, where I was living. <laughs> it was yeah, it's crazy. Oh, oh my god, what a night! Yeah. It's, Absolutely insane. That's definitely one of those fandoms that I think um, similarly to when the um, new episodes of Star Wars started coming out, like Mm. the fan base is just so intensely passionate and invested. Like to to be a part of that history happening, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's not over, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 It was a. It's, it's, it once. It's one. It's. I think it's. It's like. Yeah. It's like the original Star Wars trilogy coming out. It's like. I want to come up with another example, but I can't think of many other examples. I, know. I can't like, think of anything like maybe. Recent. Maybe the Twilight books, <laughs> in, a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I could. I could see that. That was. Yeah. That was a similar scale. Yeah. They had launch parties. I was at. Yeah. I was you at. Couldn't visit Forks mm, at all. Like, no. <laughs> I was at a release party for the last Twilight book as well because I was in New Jersey visiting a friend who worked at Borders. And she she was like, you guys keep me company at this midnight release party. Or else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, well, you said you admitted to me that you listened to all of the episodes. So you know then my... (laughs) My dirty laundry. I'm a fan. <laughs> I have not actually finished Harry Potter yet. Um, yeah, but I'm working That's fine. on it. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And too, I've been trying to savor it, you know, a little bit. Mm. And I think my our childhood reading experiences sound very similar. I, Narnia was the first book. The Chronicles of Narnia was the first book I remember, like reading as a family, and then like reading on my own. Mm. Definitely J.R. Tolkien, and then I. I actually didn't – I wasn't super plugged into like the young adult, the modern young adult world as a child, but, you know, books by like E. Nesbitt and Montgomery and like Anne of Green Gables and Little Women. Mm. Like I was very plugged into the classics and like that fantastical, romantical <laughs> sort of world. Yeah. It's probably why I am the way I am today. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's funny. I've never been into the classics really. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I remember because I've listened to the other episodes. You mentioning um, there's a lot of classics that there are loads of things like War and Peace is a terrible example because who's got the oh, time I've to read, read that? Yeah, exactly. No, no. But, but I've never <laughs> but I've never read like the Book Thief. I've never read. I know yeah. you. I know you're you're ashamed of me. I've never read Austin. Um, there's, there's a lot of no, this. No, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> but I'm it, not ashamed. But there's a lot of these. Really and, yeah, know. but there's a lot of these classics that are kind of cornerstones of um, archetypes of of genres that that you feel like you should read. But yeah, but there's also there's also a lot of books in the world. You know, that, there are so many books in the books world coming out all the time. Yeah, and there's not enough time to read them all. 
to not be even quite slightly honest. not even slightly so be gentle on yourself yeah um okay so as you as you started reading for pleasure this is around like you said 13 ish um, yeah I, did you become an avid reader then and how did that how did your relationship with books grow and change or evolve as you went through like university and like mm. higher education and you know when we have less time as adult as readers usually mm. well i think i wasn't a great student I think that helps. <laughs> I found time to you read. Did have time. Yeah, yeah, I found time to read because I wasn't attentive enough with uh, with coursework. But I think the um, the public library was a was a big a big like s- salvation for me because you could just go there and pick like two books off the shelf at random. Like you, mm-hmm. I was definitely a try and find an interesting cover type of person. I would, I would, yeah. look, I would look at the, you know, when they have like the end of row displays where they put the covers facing out and you can get a good oh, look definitely. at like a selection. Yeah. I'd always just pick a random book and I've read some really random stuff because of that. And it's, yeah, I think it's a good way to approach reading sometimes. You know, I, I think you're right. Um, I think that that's why covers are <laughs> the way they are, yeah. right? Is to yeah. draw us in and tell us something about the story. Mm. Like, it's a boy with the train. No, it's a little more than a boy in the train, but like <laughs> at the cover, yeah, like you made a judgment call. And I think, yeah, I think that's good. Um, mm. It's also interesting. I mean, this is a whole nother topic and we won't talk about it maybe, but uh, <laughs> trends with covers, right? Like there's, you can look over time and see trends. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Out. Like I, now there's definitely a sort of like this um, unicolored, like very basic sketchy sort of, pastel-y color yeah drawn sort of vibe happening mm. i think with a lot of young adult books anyhow but that's a topic for another I, I think i think maybe kind of two three years ago the big trend was a lot of like swirls and like yeah. people being sucked into like roses or th- th- tangled thorns or like yeah all that kind of stuff i noticed yeah. i noticed that at least <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I, for one, am so glad that the dystopian trend has passed um, mm. overall. It got to be a bit much for me. But now yeah. we're living in dystopia, so. <laughs> yeah. Who, who needs to read a book about the Hunger Games when, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it could be a reality. Oh, God. Um, okay, so you read, you read through university and higher ed because yeah. you made time for it. Yeah. Um, which is really great. Um, but now you're an adult, mm-hmm. adult type human. Um, yes. That has a young child of your own. Yeah. And how now is it different? You know, like how is it, I mean, for, let's start with that. Has it changed since you've had, you know, your little one to reading your relationship mm-hmm. with reading? The, the time pressure is definitely the thing. There are some things that stay exactly the same. I think I found a lot of time reading as an adult by commuting I, i've always commuted at least a little way to work be it half sure. an hour half an hour on a bus or an hour on a train um i'd always fit in my reading then um, be it a book or be it comics or my ipad or like this i was always reading something because i feel like sitting on a train just listening to music doesn't do it for me yeah and i still so i still do that i still i get in my reading time on the train to work the problem i find these days is there's so many other things you want to do at the same time like I've told you, I'm trying to learn Japanese, trying to do that on my train in the morning as well, on the bus. Like it's finding time around the other things you want to do, I think is harder the older you get because you have more things pulling your attention. But nap times. Yeah. Well, and even still now. <laughs> yeah. Like I was talking to Jordan about that in one of our 
or maybe not in, on a podcast, but definitely in real life. She's been mm. on my podcast too many times now, but <laughs> like there just weren't the same distractions that yeah. we had when we were younger, you know, like, I mean, you had text messaging plans, like it wasn't unlimited and yeah. being on the internet meant sitting at a computer and well, at some point plugging in into like the modem. Right. And like, yeah, the, now we're just so connected that there's so much vying for our attention. And then as creatives, that's a whole nother layer of like things that are vying for our attention because we want to be doing this podcast and this live stream and these videos that we're making and writing a book and writing. Yeah. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but you got me off no, a bit of, no. a of just thinking like Absolutely. it has changed. The world has changed too. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is super difficult. Yeah. And I think it's as I think, especially during this quarantine and um, you're, you try and sit down and have a, like a quiet read now. And you've got friends that are also in quarantine that are like, this is a time to chat. Yeah. And I'm like, Hello, you and I doing that to one another. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in fairness. So I was, yeah, I, I've been I've been reading with my iPad and then my phone, <laughs> like on very on each knee. Oh, so, so, so I'm reading and I can get the message and I can respond to the message. I can carry on reading. Yeah, so it doesn't interrupt. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. That you were saying about nap time. Yeah, uh, no, nap nap times are they're a salvation. Yeah, I think because it's not really worth starting anything substantial during a nap time. They're a perfect time to read because you don't know how long they're gonna. You don't know how long they're gonna last. Yep. You might get fifteen minutes. You might get an hour, but it doesn't matter if you're reading because you can stop at any point. If you're, I don't know, making something or, or watching a movie or like it's just everything else. Everything else has a time pressure to it, a time limit. Yeah. Even if it's like a TED talk, it's still like twenty minutes. Yeah. But a book, you just pick up and put down. It's, it's yeah, constantly available. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, the thing that made reading while a parent good for me. And when they're really young, it's great because when when you when you've got a newborn, you're trying to make sure both parents get sleep. And so I would sit in the living room with my son on my chest to keep him asleep because he wouldn't sleep in a house. And I wanted to let Helen sleep. And yeah. so and so I'd have him on my chest, and I'd be trying to read books on my phone because I could only hold things one-handed. Yeah. Um, but it was, but it was great. She was sitting there for like three hours, maybe and you needed to do something to stop yourself falling asleep. So reading was a, <laughs> a good thing there. A thing to keep you awake. Yeah. So, um, you read a lot. Um, I think you mentioned that to me that you have a lot more digital books now than you do physical mm. books. Um, is so digital is the preferred method for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it came from moving house several times over the course of like four years. We've lived in three yeah. different, three, three different homes and every time you move you need to think what is what is expendable what what can we not transport to the new place and so i gave a lot of books to charity over the years i've got i think maybe 40 books on my bookshelf now because that's i've only really kept the stuff that is sentimental or has really nice covers <laughs> because everything else yeah. everything else you can get digitally and i think with um with commuting as well back when yes. i used to yeah when i used to commute with books your your limit to what you could read would really be how heavy the book is like you couldn't really yeah, read yeah exactly and so ebooks were great especially for i went into a phase of reading reading comics a lot and that was great because you're not going to carry like 10 issues of a comic in your bag but you can no. have, the, have the digital editions on an ipad and it's it's great yeah no for sure and mm. i feel i feel um actually that's another debate in sort of the comic book community in general mm. of like i usually wait for the graphic novel to come but what waiting for the graphic novel to come does is that then I'm not supporting the individual issues. So the graphic novel may never come. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like if 
So reading digitally allows for you to support in an ongoing way, such as like tuning the television show and giving them the ratings does, um, which is good and positive. Yeah. I think it's a, it's maybe, and I think it comes from growing up in, in small towns in England that didn't have comic book shops really as well. Like you couldn't Mm -hmm. get your, your pull list delivered to a comic book shop because there weren't any. It's just, it's just so easy now. You've got things like comic, comicsology that you can just, I use a a great website called the league of comic book geeks, which, which, um, automatic issue tracking and pull tracking. So yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. He's got, they've got an iPhone app. They've got a website. You, um, you select the series you're you're following, and then it just notifies you when the next issue is ready to pull. Wow! Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's very easy if you, especially if you're you're subscribed to like six or seven different publications that come out at different times. I mean, usually they come out on a on a Tuesday, but like so you know, sure, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's good to know which ones have missed an episode, uh, missed an echo, missed an episode, missed an issue, <laughs> like <'cause, laughs> kind it, of like a- yeah, because occasionally they'll go on hiatus for. For, for a period like i was reading i was um one of the ones i follow obsessively is saga and that was oh. yeah beautiful covers um but they went on a hi- they went on a winter hiatus uh, i think last year and unless you're actually tracking somehow you'd be expecting to find it in a shop or on your on your usual um platform so it's like it's good to know yeah no for sure i digital comics are are changing the mm. industry i don't know if you read webtoons at all but um that's not like traditional comics it's definitely more like a mix of comics and deviant art i feel yeah um, i had a look but... at it after your episode with jordan um oh yeah yeah to see what it's like because i am um, law i wanted to wanted to check laura i haven't yet but i've yeah. but i have followed it in in, in webtoons <laughs> so, oh, so i will at some point <laughs> all down that rabbit what's interesting about that too that site i have i read a couple on there that you Mm. incorporate audio while you read really Um, okay audio off but they like have soundtracks yeah play as you're reading through which and scrolling and that's kind of neat Mm. um to set a mood but i think i'm a okay i'm a traditional webcomic guy i think Mm. i've been Mm -hmm. there's a few that i've been following for a long time there's there's one that's I wouldn't call it indie because it's it's been going so long that it's got a lot of people now. But there's a, a one called Questionable Content by a Gef, guy called Jeff Jacks, which has been running. For, yeah, it's, it's been running for a long, long time. Um, and I've been reading it for for the for most of that. The whole of that time. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it's amazing if you want to look it up. It is it's one of the most inclusive comics I've ever read. You've got you have um you've got trans characters. You've got people dating robots. It's what? I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're on this tangent now. So, what yeah, else are sure. what else are you reading? Like, what's what's some of the highlights? So, uh, XKCD is one of the long, longest running ones. Uh, the amazing, okay. yeah. Everyone, I mean, everyone knows XKCD, but Randall Munro, who writes it, is his his view on the world and how he explains things is astounding. He does a great series of of posts, which are now released as a book, which explain in simple terms or overly complex terms sometimes. Um, <laughs> questions from qu- questions from users, like they'll say, like my favorite example he actually gave as a uh, as a talk, I think at the World Economic Forum at one point. But someone asked him, "Could you illuminate the moon?" with a laser pointer and the answer was uh-huh. obviously no but he did the he extrapolated the maths out to the end degree to the point at which wow. to the point at which getting enough getting enough laser pointers in the right place at the right power would not only light the moon up but also have enough reflected light from the moon to destroy the earth like 
Wow. Yeah. It's so, it's so intelligent. It's, yeah, he's he's a smart guy. I mean, he used to be in that, he used to work in robotics at NASA, so he's a yeah, he's a smart guy. But um, yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of queer web comics that I like. Um, it's one called Go Get a Roomie, which is about this kind of young young girl who goes through this phase of being like they call her Roomie because she's always on someone's couch. Like she doesn't she's always hanging out at the bar. She always ends up in, on someone's couch, and it's okay. it's kind of followed her through through this whole development arc of. Like actually, as someone who used to have a lot of disposable relationships and one night stands, finding a a partner in the world and oh, how wow. and how there's a lot about identities as kind of dominant and submissive identities about it's a great a great pair of brother and sister who one's a sub and one's a dom and, and how their gender identities play into their relationship with each other and and everyone else in the comic and that's uh, wow. yeah it's, it's, that it, yeah it's really good. And there's one that I've just started reading called The Weave, which is kind of a, like a fantasy kind of. You find out you're a you're a fairy princess kind of one, but but, but the problem the problem with um, the problem with web comics is sometimes that you you'll read a bunch of the of the early ones and you'll get to the present and then you'll have to wait for a long time because you will find out actually they only update every three weeks or they are inconsistent in posting or whatever because you don't know when you're reading back issues of uh, of web oh comics. You don't know what the po- yeah. what the posting <laughs> um, <laughs> is. No. Yeah, no, for sure. That's um, you'll discover that with um, with webtoons. I mm. think also like because it is that sort of um, deviant. The artist uploads their you know their own strip. They yeah, have a yeah. loose schedule of what day they post on, and unfortunately, I feel like all the ones I've chosen post on the same day. But um, <laughs> sometimes they'll take a week off, and instead of posting one, they'll just post like a little. Um, this is what I look like right now, and it's like a quick doodle of them looking frazzled or, mm. you know something like that or they'll do frequently asked questions but um it's what i quite like about yeah. about web comics that you typically have some that update every day and some that update three times a week or whatever i just have them all in chrome in a in a, in a tab folder I just right click it and go open all tabs and i just check if there's a new one yeah there you go and yeah. there's usually something new probably yeah at least once a day amazing all right well i'll put all those <laughs> mentioned down in the show notes for sure because i'm i'm sure people will want to We'll want to read them. The other thing that's nice about comics is the approachable format. You know, I think mm. that probably plays into what you're finding. I mean, as a parent, like you're saying, if you have 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there, well, you can probably read a, a quote unquote episode in about mm. 15 minutes, right? And like enjoy that piece of the story and then kind of have a bookend on either side where you pause and then mm. the kid wakes up and <laughs> – you go about your day. So you aren't having to like, even though with a book, it is easy to set it down and come back. You aren't having to totally jump from, oh, where was I in the story? And like reminding yourself and then, you know, I don't know, getting back invested. It's very easy to kind of jump in and jump out. It's a funny point about how some people can enjoy stories only if they're in condensed formats. I was, um, I was talking to my wife about this earlier, but she's not a big reader but she loves podcasts. I said, uh, well, have you ever really thought about audiobooks? And she said that the thing, yeah. she li- thing she likes about podcasts is you can listen to them in one go. Like mm. they are a set length, um, like a TV episode or I think audiobooks are a commitment, aren't they? In some ways that like the listening time required is, is substantial. It can be daunting. Yeah. Like you're looking at 52 hours. Yeah. That's a long, that's You can play a double speed though. <laughs> you can, you can. Yeah. I usually do one and a half. Yeah, yeah. I do that with uh, with anything I have to do in terms of like video-based learning. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we tend to talk a lot slower than we can process. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's for sure. Do you listen to audiobooks? Are you an audiobook person? 
No, not really. I've I've always loved to have the voices in my own head rather than someone else's reading voice. The only audiobook I ever bought was um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, mm. I think because it was it, it was beautiful for a start, like the uh, it was like a lime greeny kind of kind of set with you know, all these discs fanning out. It was really nice. Um, but that we have Stephen Fry in the UK narrating right. us. Yeah, and yes. you've got um, Jim. Is it Jim? Someone I can't remember. Jim something sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to Google it. Yeah, be crazy. Well, yeah. it's downloaded in my Audible right now. <laughs> so we better go look I'd say a surname no. but I'll be wrong <laughs> so I won't no. well yeah. oh god there's too many books I can't yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just have to be uh, <laughs> your, your, your listeners can, your listeners can work it out for themselves exactly they will and they'll be like you silly goose that's fair I, I went through a phase where I listened to a lot of audiobooks and I still do I think my favorite type of audiobook to listen to is when the author narrates it themselves like if it's a memoir or an autobiography mm. um a lot of times the authors will narrate their own books. Alan Cumming did has written a lot of short like essays on his own life and narrates them and I mean he's just he's just a fantastic human so mm. I enjoyed his books but um yeah, they are they can be I don't know they can be like having a friend in the room though. I know in quarantine myself personally I have been listening to a lot more audiobooks than reading physical books just because it's sort of like having a person here, even if there isn't one. It's <laughs> really nice. That's a nice image. Not bad, maybe, but, but no, yeah, yeah. no, I think it's nice. And reading in quarantine is a whole, that's a whole nother topic, I think, for another day. Um, <laughs> just interesting to find. I personally haven't been able to start too many things that are new, even with shows or movies, because I feel like mm-hmm. I don't want to bad to happen to a character I'm just meeting you know like you're almost having yeah. relationships with a character when you're reading a book and uh it's a lot I think to ask to not know what journey you're gonna go on with someone <laughs> mm. in a no time where none of us know what journey we're going on so yeah, yeah. that's where my brain's been it's very strange <laughs> um, um okay so Tips for maybe some tips for parents who mm. have children and how to work reading into their day. I mean, naps, obviously. Yeah. So low hanging fruit. Yeah. Nap time. Anytime the, ba- anytime the baby's down is a good time to read. And yeah, e- ebooks really are a, a savior because if you're holding a baby one handed, trying to turn a page is not, it's not, not possible. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have one of those funky like reading pedestals with the, yeah, like the, the thing down the middle to hold the page down. Yeah. Even still, though, then you have to like jimmy rig the thing mm. and lift the yeah no that could be a big I'm, mess. I'm just imagining though like a really sophisticated parent who for whatever reason looks like neil patrick Har- <laughs> like, i imagine like neil patrick harris maybe um <laughs> yes. wearing like wearing like tweed and just yeah. i could see that yeah i can't think of anyone else who would fit that description no. yeah but definitely mph yeah for sure. <laughs> okay so yeah. aside from comics which we know what you're reading now. Are there any are there any books that you've currently got on your proverbial so, best stand Yeah, I've been in a big rereading um loop. And I think it's oh, I think I think it yeah, I think it's a quarantine thing. I think yeah. I, I always reread as like a familiarity mechanism, I feel like. Yeah. Because I'm you sure. know exact yeah, because you know exactly what you're getting, you know what emotions you'll get about that book it's like it's like a comfortable like sweater like it's you know what it's like but right now i'm rereading the starless sea by erin morganston because i rushed it the first time 
I, I, I knew that I wanted to read it because she wrote the amazing Night Circus um, book, which is so magical and beautiful. I've read about seven times. And so, seven times. Yeah, wow. I, I love it so much. But, um, but then, new book by the same author, first book in several years, you're like, have to read it. I'm going to binge read this in like two days. And I did. Oh my God. I feel like I missed things. Sure. I, yeah. Sure. I've always been a binge reader. Whenever there's a new book out, I will always, I will, I will devour it in one day if I can. Yeah. Yep. To get it all in because I want to know what happens. I'm too impatient. (laughs) I know. I, yeah, there's a balance. How, how long are those books on average? Like how many pages? Um, I'd say in print, like four, 400. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can never tell because eBooks always renumber the the pages. (laughs) So I never oh, know exactly yes. how many actual pages it yes. is, but I, yes. I I understand from Goodreads that it is four hundred pages. Yeah, I so. um, I, we've talked about this a bit in in text as well, but mm. I actually haven't read the Night Circus yet. Um, no, I've meant to. Um, like that one, and then uh, there's just a few in like recent times, books of the in the um, just that everyone's reading, like the Time Traveler's Wife. Um, yeah, again, about never read that. Yeah. Yeah, and they've all. I mean, now at this point, most of them have been made into movies. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the films either, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is about how I. How do I even pick books? I don't know how I pick books, but <laughs> covers a lot. I don't know. Blurbs it's a lot. Yeah, I've been. I've been thinking about this. I think. I think it's blurbs to a point. I think Goodreads has been an amazing discovery tool for this because you you see what other people are reading. You see. You see a cover and you go, that looks cool. Then you read the description, you go, that looks cool. And I, which I think is it's basically the library experience, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. he, it's it's, a, it's akin to going to a bookshop or going to a library and, and looking at the looking at the front cover then reading the back. Like yeah. in in yeah. some in some ways, our social media space has become the allegory of the the bookshop. You you can have that same discovery that used to require physically going out and scouring the shelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And um, gosh, there is something so nice about still doing that, though. Mm. One day we'll be able to do it. It's again. a smell. It's a smell. Yes. Yes, it's a very tactile experience. Yeah, it's 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 sad. The um, when I first moved to Bath, we lived in a place that was there was two shops down from a um an amazing bookshop in Bath called Topping and Company, which has like a little like indie coffee bar and a spiral staircase down to the storeroom below, oh, and a proper it's a proper like. If you ever come to Bath, I will show you because it's a it's got this one amazing feeling of like your classic bookshop. Oh my gosh, and it's still there. I thought yeah. that story was. A different turn no, no. And, and, and then it, and then it burnt down no it's, <laughs> it's been and then we moved so we're no longer next time oh, oh okay there we yeah. go there we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds just oh so wonderful and delightful mm-hmm. and endearing oh cozy yeah cozy and they have they have author talks and like all that kind of stuff it's it's really nice there's nothing like support your independent bookshops folks i know it's true it's actually been kind of cool to see um how many of them are doing just special events during this time Mm. i've heard some authors who also work in independent bookstores and actually i don't know if you know Mackenzie lee but she wrote the gentleman's guide to vice and virtue um i've heard you talking about it (laughs) Yes, on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. Now she works at a small bookstore and she's doing this thing where if you buy a book from the bookstore she works at, write in the notes that you want her to vandalize your book, basically. <laughs> she will open your book and write something or like draw a doodle or basically deface mm. the first page and then sign it. Um, 
And so many people are taking advantage of that. Uh, it's been kind of cool to see. Like that is but that's way better. That's way better than any any other level author, author signing because I, I think the only author, the only actual author signed copy of anything I ever had has been the Deathly Hallows. And because that was a, like a production line, write your name on a post-it note, give it to them, they'll write your name in the book affair. Yes. yes. I think that the moment you start getting anything personalized in a book and like unique to you, it becomes really special. It really does. Yeah. Well, and this, and this is great too, because she's doing it on books she hasn't written. Like it's any book. Oh um, so yeah. I, 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 I missed that point. Yeah. That's, that's even cooler. <laughs> I think I didn't specify, but so good. So wonderful. Okay. I lost my note. I've lost my brain because I've lost my note. Okay. So that's what you're reading now. I suppose we are like, I'm looking at the time and thinking we should have time to chat after this. So <laughs> we should probably start <laughs> winding down. Yeah. But um, where where can people find you on the internet these days, Jerry? Because you are kind of all over the place and you're doing all kinds of fun projects. But where should we find you? <laughs> yeah, um, you can find me at uh, youtube.com slash Jerry as Jerry Talks Tech, where I make videos on tech subjects and my fascination and passion for mechanical keyboards at the moment. Um, everywhere else on the interwebs, you can find me at, at Jerry Cook for the most part. Yeah, wonderful. I think that's kind of the end uh, yeah. of this podcast. I, I, as you can tell, by this right now. I'm not great at the sign-off portion of this whole <laughs> either, but I'm sure that will come with time. I mean- It just takes practice. Yeah. We're like nine nine episodes into this yeah. shenaniganery and I mean, it's no mabimbam or anything. No, it's not. Um, it, it, I mean, that's- Nine episodes is nothing compared to some podcasts, so you've got time. Oh my gosh, I know, like daily podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm so intimidated. By that. I'm so intimidated. How do they even do it? I don't know. But yeah, so good. yeah, it's in, it's intimidating. I've been I've been meaning for a long time to catch up with Welcome to Night Vale, but I, I stopped about halfway <laughs> through their run, and there's too many episodes now. There are way too many episodes. Way too many episodes. Yeah, I fell off the um, mm. Hello Magic Tavern as mm. well. I was listening to that religiously, and now there's just too many episodes. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Jerry. It's been wonderful hey, to talk anytime. to you. Anytime. It's good to, <laughs> it's good to get podcast practice. It's been over yes. a decade since I was last on a podcast. Oh my gosh. Too long. Yeah. We'll have to do another, um, at least one more series in the future, you know, to talk about favorite children's books and how you're oh, reading yeah. Absolutely. to your little one and, uh, all of those good things as well. But all right. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm sure that I will talk to you again very soon. Bye.